0: Good morning, class. Good morning, Hi, I'm Keith Moore. This is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. We're so glad that you're joining us today. We've saved you a seat right here on the front row, and we're going to get into our textbook, and we're going to believe the Spirit of God to feed, just like we said, our spirit. You know, Jesus said, "Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God." So, what natural bread is to your body, and your body, you know, needs uh, food to to give you strength and all the uh, enzymes and vitamins and everything that you need. Well, your spirit needs sustenance. Your spirit needs to be fed, uh, just like your body needs to be fed on a regular basis. And that's why so many people are so hopeless and so, uh, you know, frustrated and, and depressed and despondent is because they have no strength in their spirit because they're not being fed. I, Phyllis and I sometimes driving to church, you know, we have so many good people in the churches. But as you're driving to church, sometimes you see so many people that are on Sunday that are not going to church. And they're doing this and they're doing that. And you you just, we know they don't know how desperately they need to be fed. They need some, some anointed, nourishing words of faith coming into their spirit and it may seem like people are doing okay without it for a little while but then when some kind of crisis hit hits some kind of something that they can't fix or they don't know what to do they're going to find themselves instantly overwhelmed mm-hmm. instantly hopeless and and you know a lot of times people just they just come apart people lose their minds people commit suicide and you don't have to respond that way mm-hmm. you can be strong in the lord And in the power of his might. But it takes faith in the midst of trying, taxing situations to look up from what would be seemingly hopeless. But to look up and say, no, there's a God. I have help. I have a father. And I'm going to trust him. So let's pray and believe God that uh, exactly what we need to hear we'll hear today, and that the Lord will draw in a bunch of these folks that haven't realized they need to get fed, but they'll come on in. They can come in and join us in faith school, right. Right? right? Well, Father, we do pray that. We ask that you'd draw people from the north, south, east, and west, from all over the country, all over the world, into these classes. Help them to find them, Lord. And we ask for utterance and an opening of eyes and hearts and minds. Show us who you are and what you are and your will and your ways. And give us words that will nourish and feed our spirits and our faith until we grow up unto mature ones, grow up into the fullness, the full measure of the stature of the anointed one and his anointing. We ask for it today. We know it's your will. We know you'll do it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Turn in the textbook to Hebrews again, the 10th chapter. Our theme for the last several weeks has been by faith. And we're studying this great 11th chapter that gives both the definition of faith and and then so many wonderful living examples of faith. The Lord didn't just teach us by definition or by precept. He also teaches us by example, living example. We all like stories, don't we? (laughs) We all like, I mean, it's great to have a technical definition, but you only want to hear that for a little while, then you want somebody to tell you a story. About how, somebody that did it <laughs> and how it worked. Well, that's what Hebrews 11 is. But we'll begin in chapter 10, Hebrews 10, verse 35. Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Verse 38, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And like we mentioned on yesterday's class, this could be translated confidence and conviction. Faith is the confidence of things expected. Faith is the conviction or being convinced of things not seen. So he he tells us. Uh, by precept, by definition what uh, faith is then he gives us examples. He says by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice in verse 4. Verse 5 by faith Enoch was translated. Verse 6 without faith it's impossible to please him for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah was warned of God of things not seen as yet. Going back to the definition in verse 1, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And as we were talking at the end of yesterday's class, you'll see every one of these, uh, by faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, is followed by an action. By faith, Abel offered. By faith, Enoch uh, you know, we know he walked with God and then he was translated, by faith Noah prepared and then by faith Abraham obeyed and went out. And we looked over in James where he said that faith without action is dead. This is one of the greatest keys to getting miracles in our life. It's not enough to just idly dormantly say, I believe, I believe, I believe, if you're really persuaded of what the Lord told you, you will act on it at some point, some way in place. And you'll see every one of these acted. There was a strong and specific action that they did based on their confidence and their conviction in what God had told them. And what if, uh, you know, what if Abel had said, oh, I I believe that good offerings please God. I believe it. I believe it. But he never actually gave the offering. (laughs) And and what if Enoch said, oh, I, I believe God would be pleased with me walking with him. But he never made time to go out and talk to God and be alone with God and walk with God. He wouldn't be in here. And what if Noah said, you know, I believe every word of it, Lord. If you say there's a flood coming, I believe it. I believe it. You know, I'll, I, I'm I'm, going on record to say I believe it. But what if he hadn't prepared the ark? See, he wouldn't be in His family wouldn't have been saved. I guess none of us would be here. Cause, <laughs> right? Because all of us are offspring of Noah. Noah's kids. So, of uh, uh, we ended up in James, the second chapter, one translation said, Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Faith with no action is dead, non productive. So it's not enough to just say, Yeah, I, I've studied that and I hold these beliefs. I ascribe to this theological position. Well, that'll get you nowhere if you don't step out and act on it somewhere in your life. But the reason these people experienced miracles is because, like we we see later, Abraham was fully persuaded. And so in this case, let's read it again in verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. Now see, this is uh, back to the definition of faith. There were years and years that he didn't see the place that God said he was giving him. But he kept expecting it confidently, year after year, for no other reason. I mean, he had no reason to think all these people who were dwelling on these lands were going to just give them to him. You know, He had no reason in the natural to think these things. But God told him they'd be his. And so he looked for them. For decades. And he found what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yes. How many know it pays if you seek? You'll find. Amen. If, you, if you follow on to know the Lord, you'll know. He'll show you. Uh, again, so many things don't happen the same day. Or the same week or month. Or the same year. Some things don't happen the same decade. But you know, time's passing anyway. You might as well be believing God, Amen. right? Amen. Believe in God, expecting not just vague in general, but what He told you. Finding things in His Word that He told you. And then, of course, seeking Him in prayer. And the Spirit of God will say things to you personally, specifically about what's coming in your personal life. And if you don't see it in a week or two or a year or two, don't despair. Don't just say, well, I... I guess that's not coming to pass. How long's it been? Oh, it's been a year. How long is that to the Lord? I mean, it's, he said, you know, uh, a couple of thousand years ago, I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. <laughs> well, is he, is he exaggerating? Is he like, no, he just sees time correctly. We're the ones who have only been around this long. And our perception of time is skewed. It's like a three-year-old thinks a week is a century. Right? If they're having to wait on something that they really, really want to do, when can I do it? When can we do it? When can we do it? Next week. Oh, next week, <laughs> next week. <laughs> of course, if you're 80 years old, next week he's going, man, well I have time to get ready, you know. <laughs> Your perception of time really changes the longer you've been around. How long has God been around? <laughs> We have no idea, but his perception of time is correct. And Peter said that with him, a thousand years is like a day, a day like a thousand years. Um, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, you know, the Bible says, Jesus said, many are called, few are chosen. Many, I like, say it like this, many have the opportunity, but only few of those many uh, avail themselves of that opportunity and actually do something with it. God is about opportunity. He, he doesn't just hand you everything. He doesn't just put the food in your mouth and help you chew it and massage your throat to help you swallow it. (laughs) Now you're laughing, but uh, we live in a generation where more and more people just want everything to be given to them while they do nothing. Nothing. And this is not how it's supposed to be. It's not how God is. Even when God spectacularly supernaturally, rains bread out of the sky, they still had to get up, go out, pick it up. Is that right? right. Gather it up and take it back to the, uh, the tent. So God gives us opportunities, but he doesn't, he doesn't make the decision for us. He doesn't take our hand and, and make us lay hold of it or make us receive it. In fact, God has created us in such a way that nobody, no being can force us to believe something we don't want to believe. And no being, no one, nothing can force us to receive something spiritually that we don't choose to receive. He's created us this way because he he meant it's going to be up to us. We have, but on the other hand, then it becomes our responsibility. We have to lay hold. And so you'll see through every one of these opportunities, I mean, he, he gives Noah this amazing revelation of what's coming in the flood. He gives Noah prosperity, access to materials, opportunity, time, but he didn't build the ark for him. Come on, can you see this? He's not going to do it for you as far as you obeying him. Uh, We must, he'll help us, but that's not the same as doing it for you. And sometimes people are praying uh, a a wrong, in their mind maybe they're praying the right prayer, but they got the wrong idea. You hear a lot of times people say, oh Lord, help me. Oh Lord, help me. Oh Lord, help me do this. Help me get that. Help me, help me, help me. Well, help Him helping you implies you're going to do something for him to assist. (laughs) How do you help somebody do nothing? (laughs) I mean, if I'm laying on the sofa, not moving, and I say, please, would you come help me, guys? Come help me. How would you help me? You lay down. (laughs) Is that right? Because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> if I'm laying down, you help me if, you know if, if we had to need the piano moved, and I say, you know, five of you guys come, help me move the piano and, and y'all start toward the platform and I sit down. <laughs> well, if you're helping me, you don't go toward the piano, you come sit down. Yes. You've got to give God something to help. You've got to give him something to work with, something to assist. Now it's amazing how he'll help us. If you'll take a step, if you'll reach out, if you'll begin to apply yourself. He doesn't just do it for you. He gives you opportunities. He'll tell you what to do. He told Abraham, leave home, go where I show you. I'll be with you. I'll bless you. Now, who's it up to? Hmm? What's, what's he going to do? Let's let's look at it again. By faith, Abraham did what? When he was called, every one of us will be called by God to do different things at different times in our life. The call of God comes to all. I I sometimes smile when people tell me, you know, maybe they'd been away from God or they just got to God and... They begin to get serious and begin to pray some and, and then they come and say, Brother Keith, I, I just feel like i got a call on my life. Everybody does. <laughs> everybody is called. Not everybody is called a pastor or, uh, or be a preacher full-time or that kind of thing. But everybody is called of God to do different things in life. He, his plan is that he has witnesses lights for Him in every man's world, every arena, every profession, every God needs anointed men and women in technology, in teaching, in transportation. Come on, can you see this? In the grocery business, in the medical field. He needs, He wants people. Uh, and, and sometimes people have such a, a, a wrong idea. Well, I'm, I'm not that spiritual. I'm just to this. No, you're supposed to be spiritual. <laughs> no matter what you are, no matter where you function, you're supposed to pray. You're supposed to have faith. You're supposed to learn how to hear from God. So that in those areas, God has somebody everywhere that he can touch that he can lead and he can manifest in that situation and through these people watching you cause them to want to know God and come to God. Can you say amen? Amen. Abraham heard a call. Let's go back to Genesis, the 12th chapter and remind ourselves of that call because it is, uh, it's timeless. Thank you, Lord. Genesis 12 is where this really began that we're reading about in in Hebrews 11. If you back up to the previous chapter, you'll see Abraham's father and where they were in the land of Ur, the Chaldees, and uh, verse 1 of chapter 12, Genesis 12, 1 says, Now the Lord." had said to Abram, this is the call, get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. Here's the call. You know, the Lord said the same thing to Phyllis and I, my wife and I, when we, uh, uh, we didn't know it, but we were going into the ministry that we've, we've realized that later. But one of the very first things we heard the Lord say after we got married is, "Leave home, leave your folks, leave your uh, leave your people, leave where you grew up, leave, leave your associations, and go." In our case, we went from uh, Mississippi out to Oklahoma, where we didn't know anybody, and uh, it was a, a challenging transition. You know. I talked to a couple of pastors that we knew there in our little local country area, and um, one of them was a relative of mine, an uncle of mine, and he tried to talk me out of it. He said, Keith, uh, we need young people like you and Phyllis here in the community that want to serve God. We just don't have many, and we don't need to lose you. And I didn't know what to say. He said, isn't the Holy Spirit the teacher? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, is the Holy Spirit here? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, why can't he teach you here? Why do you have to go halfway across the country? Well, why did Abraham (laughs) need to leave home and need to leave his kinfolks and need to leave his associations? You know, I I can see and I've seen the Lord do this with person after person, couple after couple and family after family. Um, the Lord has to get you out of your environment and your, the influences. Come on, can you see this? Yes. To uh, open your eyes to other things and immerse you in other influences. Amen. Or elsewise, you tend to duplicate what the previous generation and their previous generation And there are spiritual influences in every area, all over the world. And uh, we don't like to think about it, but the Bible said, you know, the the prince of the power of the air and the spirit of disobedience is governing the earth. Satan's the god of this world. First John says the whole world lies under the control and influence of the evil one. And there are spirits that influence as you develop, uh, you can sense these. Uh, sometimes people call it a feeling, but it's a spiritual sense. You can go into an area and you can sense the dominant things there. Uh, there are places where this uh, certain sins are prevalent. Well, that's because of the spirits that are there, and these spirits have trained people to yield to them for generations. And so they're looking for people. If, if their parents yielded to these wrong things for most of their life, then the, the most likely candidate is their children, to get them to yield as these people die and pass on, so they can continue to control. And I'm just saying all that to say uh, that again and again, God will take you out. <laughs> of an environment and a situation and he'll put you over here uh, and it may be to get training and then he'll put you somewhere else uh, or you may stay there. But uh, this, seeing the big picture is not what we do. He sees the big picture. Uh, He is, uh, you know, in in charge of strategy and, and planning and The big plan, we are boots on the ground. Is that right? (laughs) We just need to follow orders. And right? And if he says, go here, we should pack up and go. And the reason, one of the big reasons why Abraham is in the book is because when God called him and said, I want you to leave, how many know that Abraham was just as attached to his people and his places where he grew up? and his friendships and his associations as anybody else, and his wife, uh, Sarah, and everybody that was around them. And so it would have been like anywhere else when people came and said, uh, what are y'all doing? Are you packing? I said, you're packing. Yeah, we're packing. you leaving? Especially in those days, uh, uh, you know, this was before... Uh, the car, the automobile. This is before a jet airplane. Uh, a lot of times in these days, people would live and die in a 15-mile radius their whole life. They'd never go outside that, that area. Some traveled further, but many did not. And so it's a big deal when uh, somebody said, we're leaving the country. The whole country, you leaving the country. <laughs> you're doing what? <laughs> where? And especially this, where are you going? Where are you going? And Abraham says, Well, the Lord said, He will show me. (laughs) He will show you. So you don't know exactly where you're going. He said, I I think we'll start that way. You don't know where you're going? People would think that's nuts, right? (laughs) You you better stay at home, boy. You don't know. If you don't even know where you're going, you better know. we're laughing, but this is why he's in the book. Amen. This is why he's got his own, not just one verse. Abraham's got like six verses or more in Hebrews 11. Man, having one verse is a big deal. <laughs> so we, we want to we learn about Abraham. We want to know what made him tick, so to speak. We want to know why he, he did what he did. He didn't have to have all the information before he acted. He didn't have to see the whole plan. He didn't have to know everything before he was willing to go. And this pleases God. It pleased the Father for him to tell Abraham, Abraham, yes sir, Uh, I want you to leave here. I want you to leave mom and daddy uncles and aunts, cousins and friends. I know you've been here for all these years and you've built up your, your business here and you've done this here and done that here. I want you to leave and and I'll show you where to go. And a lot of, you know, without faith, you'll just get frustrated at that. Hmm? With no faith, you'd hear that and go, well, how can God expect me to go? And I don't even know where I'm going. I need a plan. I can't leave. We have responsibilities. We have obligations. I, 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 mama needs this. Daddy needs this. Uh, my kin folks and, and 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 and. How many understand? There's always, if you listen to it, hundreds of reasons why you can't do what God told you to do. Somebody say, "I will do, I will do. what God told me to do." Praise God. Well, that's it for Faith School today. We'll see you next time in Faith School.